welcome again to another episode of Bridge the Gap. This is Shirley Smith. And today we have uh, an author and an illustrator that we're talking with. And I'm excited to do this um, podcast because they are talking about a children's book that is due to come out in February of 2024. We look so forward to uh, getting that. Dunya and Laurie have decided that they're going to provide this book, first of all, to especially two schools that they've targeted in New York. Uh, so I will be talking with Dunya in Atlanta, Georgia, and I will be talking with Lori Paul in New York during this session of the podcast. And so they're working together to produce this book. And the reason I'm so excited about this is because we just do not have adequate representation of especially African-American authors uh, and uh, in, in both the fiction and the nonfiction world. And so I'm thinking about this movie that's coming out. It's called American Fiction. And this movie is about that. It's that, uh, in this case, African-Americans are so being misrepresented in various books and media and all that information. And this one African-American man is trying to write a book that actually is a more accurate representation of the culture. So we have that situation now where we have all cultures are not equally represented. It's not a balance, I should say. Uh, And how accurate is the information if you're writing books about cultures that you are not a part of? Maybe you had an opportunity to learn something about the culture, but you haven't been a part of the culture. And so I think that's very important these days that we do have people of diverse cultures to actually provide us with some books to help us to better understand culture, better understand what life is truly like for various cultures, and to better understand how to inspire people of other cultures as well. So, Danya and Lori, welcome. So the next voices you'll hear will be our conversation with Danya and Lori. Okay, so Okay. So my background, um, I worked with kids when I lived in Queens. So I was doing I was an activity specialist working at Beacon 176. That's in Cambria Heights. And I had so I worked with kids that were like between the ages of two and eight. Okay. But they were they were more along, I would say older than that, like probably six, six to eight years old. So that's when I got started working with kids was there. And then when I moved here to Georgia, I was a nanny for about two years. Okay. What were the ages of the children while you were a nanny? I was a nanny for, she was about eight months. Oh, okay. Eight months. 
It was um, wonderful. <laughs> it was interesting because um, it was the first time I had been a nanny for anyone's child, and it kind of felt like improv too, <laughs> because I was learning a lot. I've never had a child, so it was kind of like I was, I was going along and just going with the schedule, of course, with what um, the mom had planned out. But it felt like being a mom. It's in itself. Yeah. Caring for a, a baby. Okay, so in New York, and then now you're in Atlanta, Georgia, and so that's where we met. I think at Mercy University, both of us were in the School of Mental Health Science. So tell us a little bit about that. About the mental health science. Uh-huh. And then the program. Did you enjoy that, or did you have more focus on children? Or I did. Um, I actually wanted to continue pursuing. Um, working more with kids I wanted to do more of a trauma background kids who had been sexually assaulted and abused that was really the route I wanted to go however there were detours I ended up doing my internship of course at uh at Wesley Woods working with geriatric patients and (laughs) and then um from there I guess everything um it it turned around where I started as you're aware, I started working at years later at Bethany Christian Services with the foster kids. So it, it yeah. So it, it feels like it all comes back together. I am curious as to why you have this passion uh, for children. Have you thought about what really drives and motivates you to help children? Yeah, I think it was more so growing up. Um, I was the only girl of four boys, um, and it felt like having a, um, being the only girl or being a child, period, it, just that, needing that mother figure, um, present, of course, still where my mom died, and so I didn't have that, and so I felt like I always looked at kids who didn't have those figures in their lives, I, I felt empathetic for them. More of an empathy thing driven, I think. Yeah, it's really interesting how I, I say God develops a passion in us when we experience things. We want to reach out and help others. Mm-hmm. So yes, I was aware that your mother passed at an early age, and so I knew that had to have been tough. And I, I understand how some passions and some valleys, I call them mountains and valleys, some valleys in our life actually really mature us, grow us up, pull us into certain focuses, uh, and I call those God directions, is what I call them. Okay, well, thank you so much for that. Uh, did you have other things you wanted to throw out before Laurie talks? Oh, just basically, um, and then I started, I left, so... While working at Bethany, um, I did, I think, about eight months at Bethany with the foster kids, um, providing therapy. And then after that, I took a job with Peachford, and I ended up working with adolescent kids between the ages of, I want to say, the youngest we service here is four years old. Yeah, so from four to 18, uh, the kids that I've been providing services for him. Okay, well, good. Okay, Laurie, did you want to tell us a little bit about yourself? Hi, good afternoon. Well, um, I guess I can start with um, 
I've known Danya ever since she was younger. Uh, we we met each other through church, where um, my experience as a, as a youth, I was a choir director, um, a Sunday school teacher, um, the organist for the church. Uh, I was involved in a lot of activities. <laughs> a few things to do at church. <laughs> Yeah, a lot of things to do at church. And um, I think, like, those experiences allow you to, you know, grow up and, you know, to go about it and structure how you're going to do, how you're going to do things with your family. So now I'm older. I'm a mom. I'm an engineer. Um, I, I, I'm i a business owner. I'm a decorator. And then also pursuing, pursuing uh, digital art. So I'm oh, learning and expanding the bar. Church seem to work to help you with all that flexibility that you have. There's not much flexibility. But everybody asks me, they say, well, where do you find the time? And I said, you know, that's that's a really good question because when you think about it, you don't really have time, but somehow when you're passionate about what you do, the time ends up, you know, in your face <laughs> you end up finding the time to pursue your passion and and you know in order to like serve others and and you know and to excel on and make i guess, I guess make life more bearable okay and that's something we actually have in common i did children's church with the six to eight year olds for six years we had 150 kids in my class so <laughs> from all nations about eight so you learn a lot from children. Go ahead. Talk what I'm hearing. Did you want to say something else? Uh, well, um, I'm I'm happy to have um, found Danya again. Um, it's because like Danya moved out to Atlanta, and I'm here in New York. And uh, I, how did we find each other again? Donna used to used to like I used to post on Instagram all the time um, my projects that I'm working on, my decor projects, or you know I would have like an inspirational quote that I would put out with uh, a design behind it. And then Donna would comment. She says, you know, uh, every time I see your quotes, they they help um, bring out the best in me. And you know, please please keep posting these posts. They're very encouraging. And, you know, it, it really touched my heart. And I said, oh, I didn't know that, you know, when you do things, you don't know who you're reaching or who's actually looking at your work and, you know, if it's making an impact. And, you know, I've always remembered that. But during COVID, I stopped. I stopped doing that. You know, with COVID, you know, things start to change. You know, we start to slow down. We start to reevaluate life. But then slowly but surely, I said, you know, I have to go back to my passion I have to go back to what I loved before that time because life didn't stop we've lost a lot of people during that time but it's good for us to go back and to rekindle those relationships that we had from the past past because you know people are still around and I think with the COVID society we've lost that you know one-on-one communication We've lost that interaction between families and friends. And it's important for us to, you know, go back, go back to those originations. You know, I'm hearing too, as we uh, segue into your book that you're working on, I'm hearing that COVID, there's such thing as COVID babies. Yes. Uh, so 
COVID babies have things in common and then with children being out of school and having to be either homeschooled or either, you know, reach out through Zoom to have a class or whatever, uh, that affected them for about two years, I guess, that uh, we had to close the schools down. So one of the things that we want to talk about today, of course, is your book. And to my understanding, Lori, you're doing the illustrations. Yes, I am. Danya is the writer, the author. Yes. Okay. So let's talk about that. So first of all, what is the book that you're writing and why? Well, I just stumbled upon writing children's poetry. I had never written children's poetry before but I don't know if it is it's because I wrote that first book the book of Roker's Tale book of poetry and that was more geared towards adults and um I was invited as you're aware was during Mercer while I was working at Mercer I had been um that's when I the book came out my when I was doing my bachelor's and so I did a couple of events and Ironically, I was invited to present it in front of children. And since it's an adult book, I had to find the least um, or more child-friendly poetry to read. And so um, there was a poem called Do Goodwill, and that was the one I read for the kids. And fast forward, I was still writing for more for uh, adult the adult audience but I don't know what it was but okay I do know what it was it was God God had put it in my heart to write a a child's poem so Splat was the very first children's poem that I've ever written okay so the name is Splat yes it's Splat and you know I'm curious as to how we came up with Splat (laughs) what is the meaning of Splat (laughs) well Splat, it's kind of like, um, it's something that's squishy and it's like, it, it, it just splatters. And so I thought, um, kids like stuff like that. Kids like, kids are messy and, um, kids, you know, it's part of being a kid, right? Um, and we should acknowledge and accept that, that kids are going to be imperfect. They're going to make messes. They're going to do things. And so I thought it would be a cute thing, a cute idea to, to have a cat called Splat. Okay. And, and, and this cat is messy. And so it kind of like, so it helps the kids identify and understand, you know, yeah, life is messy, and, but life is also fun. And, and being messy can be fun. Now, I do remember at one point you had a cat. I did. <laughs> and I remember you talking about that cat. Yes. So did that cat have some influence on what you chose as, you know, a character for the book? Or maybe that, I'm not sure if, the, if it's a character or just a cover <laughs> or, or what it is. If it's just for one, you guys will have to tell us. Is 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 Splat the cat? Is he a character within the book, or is he a character for one point, or is he the cover of the book? I think since Laurie did such a great job with um, the picture of him, I think he's going to be the main character of the book. Oh, okay, okay. And Laurie, tell us what that looks like since we can't see it just yet. Uh, tell us what that looks like and how, well, how you came up with what you came up with. 
it started with uh, Danya reached out to me. She sent me the poem. And then I read and I said, oh, this is interesting, where it talks about, you know, a cat who, um, I guess, like, ended up uh, finding a paint can, and then he was curious, and then so he ended up, you know, um, um, dabbling in the paint, and the next thing you know, you have splatters of paint all over the room. Um, the paint is like getting stuck on the walls and his fur and then he goes and he jumps into mittens and then in mats and and leaving his paw prints everywhere so just pulling those ideas together and then thinking about you know what kids love like um adding like a sense of color adding a sense of mischievousness adding a sense of he's having fun he knows that he's bad but at the same time he's humorous so I wanted to bring that out in, in the character, in the image, where it's like, you're looking at him, He when you look at him, he just he brings you a sense of joy. And it makes you think of what little kids do. Like when you have like a, a toddler, the toddler doesn't know that toddler's innocent. Then they know when things are bad, but they also know when things are good, but they also know how to have fun. So um, it's it helps bring out the inner child in adults. And it also helps identify with, you know, the younger ones, the kids. So when they see it, they'll say, oh, I see myself in Splat. And that's what, you know, I was trying to do. Oh, okay. Well, that's actually reminding me. I have a grandson that will be two in January. It's reminding me of him. (laughs) (laughs) So, yes, I can understand children getting into everything and they think it's fun and they also know better, but they still do it anyway. So thank you for all that explanation because I have seen a picture of the of the cat. So I really agree. It's an excellent <laughs> picture of a cat, and the cat looks like a really happy cat too. It doesn't look yes. as devious as you've described, but he does look like a very happy cat in what he's getting away with. <laughs> okay, Daniel. So what did you when when you wrote the poem so far? Have you just written one poem for the book, or are you writing several poems for the book? How, tell us about the book now. I'm going to be writing more poems. I had actually talked to Lori about it because I felt like since we're both partnering and we're working together, that it would make sense for me to draw ideas from her. And so I had discussed it with her briefly and I asked her, do you think I should add like different types of characters, like different animals? Like, what do you think I should do with the book? Like, which direction should I go? And she was just, um, she said to me, you should... um, be a lot be diverse but also like we could do like just stick to a main topic or a main idea and so I, that's where i came from with the idea of maybe i should just like stick with the cat and not be all over the place and add a, other animals too because then i feel like it kind of people you start losing people that way because then they they're wondering is this an animal book or is this like, is this book about this cat? I really like that idea though, when you talked about with the diversity and you know, it's interesting because as Lauren was talking about the cat and the personality kind of remind us of ourselves sometimes <laughs> or right. children. Yeah, that's an excellent idea with the diversity. Maybe the diversity could be other animals. You know, it's also shown the personalities of people or children uh, some children identify with different animals. I know that's something my grandson, he just loves looking at various animals. 
Uh, and so we take him to the zoo so that he can see, you know, different type of animals and what they're doing there. So, you know, and, it's, and it is interesting because animals do have personalities. They do. That's going to be interesting to see what you guys come up with. So, so far you have Splat. Do you have others yet? Or how is, how is it going? Have you come up with the other poems? Are you still working on the other poems? Um, I am going to start working on them. Um, with work and stuff, it's been really hard for me to, like, come up with. It's The ideas, it's kind of like they just come from out of nowhere. And so I feel like I really need to probably take some time alone to like come up with my next idea of what my next poem is going to be because then I feel like it'll just be very fluid and just flow. So do you have an idea about when you might have this book ready? I, I, the goal is to have it ready by next year, 2024, perhaps February. Yeah, I'm shooting for February. Mm-hmm. And so, I, it's my understanding too that you're talking to schools uh, that you wanting to donate. The I to. am. So tell me. I am. So I'm choosing two under underprivileged schools in New York, specifically New York, because there's a, a, a huge need for that. Um, going back to when I worked in Cambria Heights as an activity specialist, um, I I realized like there are schools that are really underfunded and the kids end up like, we hear these um, places where teachers don't even want to work because the schools are their low income and and those schools tend to bring like, you know, crime and things like that. And so I feel like if we're able to provide these kids with like at least literature for them to read, it'll help actually bring up the school a little bit it'll help I guess help increase their reading rate okay so go ahead no I was gonna just say it's geared more towards helping kids um have that that resource because again kids in those low income or underprivileged areas don't have that they don't have much resources, and that's why they're below, or that's why they're behind. Okay. You're bringing up a really good point, because one of the reasons why this podcast exists is to bring up the gaps in our society. And so we like to focus on, well, first of all, I really do believe that we would have fewer gaps if each one of us improved our own minds, body, spirit, and soul. And so uh, education is one of those areas because I kind of break people usually lump mind and soul into the same category. I actually separate it purposely because the education piece is reading and studying and going traveling and educating yourself. And it's something that we have to go sometimes even outside of our school system to do. And so I'm really liking it that I'm hearing you're writing books for children and you're in the areas of focus that you're in because some books may not represent all kids that are there. And I love it that you're looking at diversity because what what I've noticed in various academic environments, even our history books don't represent all of us. That's true. And that's a gap. 
and it needs to be filled. So I really, I'm really glad to hear what you're working on and how you're doing it. Um, I'm hoping that, you know, when you start your, um, I call it reflection, when you're sitting down thinking about what you're going to write next and maybe what the next poem is going to be, uh, you have in mind that there is diversity and there's a need to pull out things that maybe other children or the children haven't had access to in the past. And something that represents the people there in the schools that you're targeting as well. So I really do appreciate that. Laura, you like you want to get in this conversation. But did, did you have something you wanted to add? No, I agree. I agree with that perspective because um, there are gaps in, in all of our communities and even in our own, you know, personal backyard. Sometimes, you know, there are things that, you know, we may be missing that we may not have access to because of lack of income, lack of education, lack of time, lack of health. And um, to be able to, I guess, like provide a bridge in order for us to get on to the get to the other side, um, it'll help you know elevate and lift up these communities. And partnering with Danya, where Danya said, "Well, I think it would be a good idea if we were to reach out to some schools that would need these resources." This is just the beginning. Um, because when you're in a community where you're starting with a child at an early age, you help set that foundation for that child to do better. And I think uh, providing the educational resource that makes it easy for them, easier for them to uh, grow and um, understand value, understand different cultures, understand the different world and the different situations that they're going to face will give them a different perspective, a different positive outlook in life. And I think that's that's the goal that we would like to do with um, with this book and, and hopefully um, the message, it goes across the board and it can reach out, you know, to different communities all over. I have a cousin who has written a child's book years ago at that time she was in New Jersey she's now in Mississippi but she talked about how difficult it was and it was an expensive thing uh, to even release the book now she has no children but she saw a need to develop a book for children it would be nice maybe uh, if one time I can get all of you kind of book on a podcast so you can share and talk about you know some of the things that she learned from you know publishing and done. You can talk about her publishing. You can talk about illustrating. Uh, I don't know who illustrated her book. I just don't know. I mean, she does have that in the book. It's just that I don't remember what the name was. But it probably would be good for you guys to just, just chat sometimes and talk about you know your experiences writing. And I don't know if you're already among, say, a group of writers or authors or children's books or children's focus areas are you guys kind of tied in with some of that no I'm okay so you guys are on your sort of on your own right now yes okay good so is there a particular place that uh, you feel we can find the book when it is released where would we be looking for this book would you have it on Amazon how are you planning on distributing it I would like to do a physical. Um, I and I had discussed this with Lori, particularly because 
I like the image. So the image of the cat, I wanted to see if we could make it 3D where you can actually touch it. So I wanted some texture to the book. Um, mainly because I'm old fashioned in that sense. I still believe in um, having a hard copy or paperback to go through. Um, also, um, not everyone has access. We always have to remember and keep these things in mind. Okay. If we're trying to reach a larger audience, not every, every child has access to the internet. So we'd like to make it available in hard copy as well. Okay. And how do you plan on uh, just distributing in New York or you're thinking um, of including schools in Atlanta or other schools? I want to include mainly, I think I want to try all 50 states and see if just make it available in like Barnes and Nobles. And um, see if the Barnes and Nobles will distribute it okay. nationally, and then we'll also do it in, um, on the internet virtually. And I like that idea too about the textures and things in the book. That's something that I didn't realize it was that important for children until actually my daughter-in-law. She buys a lot of things with texture and books with texture for her son, and uh, and. <laughs> He likes not only to touch, but he will taste. I'm like, okay, stop some of the tasting. <laughs> Let's just don't get touch. <laughs> you know, with everything going on with COVID and so forth, it's like, okay, let's not taste so much, but we can, we can certainly touch. So, okay, then, so distributing, and have you thought about Amazon? It seems that everything that comes out these days end up there somehow. Yeah, it's yeah, definitely, definitely a channel that we would definitely have to um, include in our list. Because Amazon is everywhere. Amazon is like the gateway to the world. Yeah. So. Okay. okay, so then how will people be able to reach you guys if they wanted to reach you? Let's just say someone else is writing a book and they're wanting to reach you, Laurie, to help with their illustrations or Danya. Somebody wants to partner with you to do yet another book or to uh, assist with, you know, writing more poetry for the one you're working on. Uh, where, how would you want people to contact you? Is there a website or an email or whatever? Just let me know what that is. I'm on um, Instagram. Um, my my tag is AO Decorus. A as an apple, O as an orange, D as in David, E as an elephant, R as in Robert. <laughs> I had to think. Okay, but, um, letter is S. Okay. AO Decor stands for Adorn Ornaments Decor. And on my webpage, I have different projects that I'm working on. Um, someone can shoot me a DM, or they could also uh, reach me through email, which is info at aodecor.com. And Danya? I'm on Instagram as well, and um, so they can reach me there, or they could reach me on LinkedIn. LinkedIn is my favorite place to be. Okay. Oh, just my name, my first name, and my last name. Oh, okay. So for Instagram, just your first and last name? Yes. And for LinkedIn, the same thing. Okay. Okay. Well, was there anything else that you wanted to add that you want people to know about the book or about? or anything. 
well I just, no I was just thinking um, to answer about the um, about the schools in addition to distributing in um, stores like Barnes and Nobles or an Amazon um, I do think that it would be necessary for us to do schools as well okay. maybe put it in see if we could get it into a school library now, have you, I'm curious, have you thought about how you're funding this? Yes. So I or think... I'm just infinitely wealthy and I'm just, you know... <laughs> well, well, I was thinking about it and I think I'm going to take a portion um, from my own funds and, um, and pay for the books. But I'm also, Lori came up with this great idea that we could also... Um, Apply for a grant. Apply for a grant. Yeah. And so that would be a great idea, too. Okay. Does this want to be a nonprofit um, currently? No. Okay. Okay, then. And so you're thinking of applying for a grant because I understand that it can be can be expensive to do. Okay. Well, that's all the questions that I have. I'm really excited about what you guys are up to. Uh, I think we need more and more and more books uh, that represent uh, minority children and people of color. Um, that's one of the reasons why I have a book club, because we purposely look at authors that are minorities. And those authors are not just people that are just out there. They're people from MIT and Harvard and Yale and you know all these Princeton. Uh, it's just that they're books are not available in many of these schools, many of the academic, uh, you know, organizations, which is really nuts. But uh, we really enjoy reading, uh, we're reading one now with Henry Louis Gates. <laughs> you know, he's a known author and he's a known person, but I don't know how many people have actually read. It's called, one we're reading now, it's called Black in Latin America. I seriously doubt people have much information about that. Uh, and I know we have learned a lot. We just reviewed that book uh, this past weekend, and we learned a lot. It was as if I've never gone to school. Wow. And so, you know, it's, and it's sad because in our book club, we have about 37 meetings of the people. It's, it's a small book club, about 10 people. But of the 10 people, we have about 37 universities represented. And none of us have gotten the information that we're reading in these books. And they're written by authors from Ivy League schools. And some like Henry Louis Gates is still teaching at Harvard. Is it because of the, I guess, um, they're not branching out? Or is it is that why they're not branching out to, I guess, other um, populations or other schools? To well, I think all schools have a committee. And they choose uh, what type of books can be actually used in the curriculums and I would assume that professors have a little bit of say in that uh, it's just that <laughs> in our universities we don't have uh, really a really great representation of people that are professors and that are on boards school boards uh, and, you know so so that's where some of that issue is uh, we just do not have that representation and so one of the hopes that I have is that as we um, read these books, 
that people within our group will start to reach out with whoever, you know, whatever entity they're with. Uh, we have different people from different backgrounds. So, uh, for instance, one of them is a librarian. So she is now helping to get some books into the library that she's responsible for. So, you know, so we have to, uh, I said, think outside the box. We have to think outside the academic system. And that's why I really appreciate this book. It's time to think outside the academic system and get people to get information that they really do need. And children need to see themselves because if they don't, they will never know that how they fit into society and how they fit in, you know, from country to country. Uh, we are so focused on our local environments that we're sheltered and we just don't have information about each other and about uh, diversity. Uh, and so that needs to be illustrated. So uh, my hat is off to you guys. Uh, when you have completed the book, I hope you'll come back and talk about what that experience is like for the children that are having opportunity to actually see, read, and touch uh, the book. So, so glad that you guys uh, came in and stopped in and talked with us a little bit and bridged the gap. Thank you. Thank you, Charlene. So we want to thank um, both Danya Roker and Lori Paul for being with us today on Bridge the Gap. We were talking about children's books, so be on the lookout for Splat. Uh, and this book should be coming out in February of 2024. Uh, it is a book, hopefully, that will teach on diversity and cultural diversity, something that we so desperately need help in, in all academic environments. If you want to get in touch with Danya, uh, you can reach her at LinkedIn, and it's Danya Roker, D-A-N-I-A, Roker, R-O-K-E-R. And if you would like to get in touch with Lori Paul, who is doing the illustration for Splat, uh, her email address is info at A-O-D-E-C-O-R dot com. Okay? Now, just to leave you with other resources, because I like to leave you with resources based upon the topic that we're uh, care, uh, talking about uh, having a conversation about and so other authors that you may find interesting Hello Peace is the name of the book it's written by Judy Ross R-O-S-S -S, illustrated by Chris Jennings and this book is also a book about cultural diversity and respecting cultural diversity for children uh, there is also a book called the anti-racist coloring book for kids which is another book of course uh, helping children to learn at all ages uh, coloring and the mat and, and cultural diversity uh, respecting cultural diversity a third book that I would like to mention to you is written by Cleo Wade w-a-d-e it's called what the road said and I think I will leave you with uh, one comment out of this book which I thought <clears throat> this is very interesting it says what if I need help on my journey? Ask your fellow travelers along the way. This is what the road is saying. What if they are mean to me? Lead them to kindness, said the road. How? By being kind. So let us be kind by illustrating and writing to various cultures and 
giving kind messages to all people because it starts with each one of us. When we educate our mind, help to improve our heart, our spirit, and our soul, it is that it is then that we're able to reach out and be kind to others after we have helped ourselves to better understand cultures when we have taken the time to educate ourselves. So, be kind. This is Shirley Smith with Bridge the Gap. Have a Merry Christmas and a wonderful, wonderful New Year. Mm-hmm.